Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to the Joyce. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, please introduce yourself a little bit to everyone and, yeah. um, and then we'll get into it. Okay, um, so my name's Taylor. Um, I am mum to my little boy in heaven, Chase, and my little rainbow baby, Tilly. Um, I have an Instagram page called Chase and Adventure um, where I where my family goes on adventures for our boy. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'm a newly pregnancy loss coach. Um, so, yeah, just trying to do what I can in the baby loss space. Yeah, and and I I could see that you sort of almost started like a like a podcast of sorts, like because you're doing lives and really like talking to just everyday women and and giving them a voice. Um, I've yeah. really loved that that you've done that. Yeah, I um I it just turned in. I was I planned on going live every week just to talk about topics within the lost space that people don't really talk about, but that we need to. Um, I know that I, I was like longing to, to hear about these topics, or, you know, I was scrolling on Instagram and and people kind of just needing that that sort of space to do so. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll just jump on and I had no idea what I was doing, that completely out of my comfort zone. But we'll just let's just start talking about these topics that we so desperately need to start talking about. And then it's kind of grown from there. And I've had I've even had some experts on and some professionals um speaking about their expertise and their opinions, and then everyday lost mums like myself, um, giving them an opportunity to speak about their babies, um, their stories, um, and just unpacking it with them on a on a 30 to one hour sort of live. Um, and I try and do that every week. So, and I'm booked out at the moment till like June, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, just making my way through the people that are just so desperately wanting to talk, talk about their story. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing how quickly, like you, you get booked up and, you know, when you start sort of asking people, Hey, did you, did you want to share your story? And then they're like, yes, (laughs) you know, with like so many, um, yeah, and and it just like pours out of them, like you know, and it's nerve wracking getting on a live, but I think um, I think it's also amazing to having that ability to to the, the virtual world where we can go live. And I've had nothing but support in majority um, of just support and love, which has been amazing. Yeah, and I think as well because you are like a mum. You're a mum, and you've you've mm. gone through this yourself, and you're you're coming at it from just you know, hey, I'm a mum. I'm you know, I'm just going to do this thing, you know, and I mean, I, I'm kind of with you in that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a mom, I'm doing this thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just declaring your love for your babies. That, that, that's all kind of what we're doing. But um, it's just that, unfortunately, when you lose a baby, society does not know how to handle that or deal with it. So I'm hoping that um, by doing my little bit, it sort of opens up conversations for everyday normal people that have not gone through a loss. Um to make them feel a little bit more comfortable hearing about it and and how to navigate it as well, um, as well as obviously giving lost mums the space to talk about it um, safely. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think I think you are doing that and I think that's really awesome. So thank you so much for what you're doing. <laughs> thank um, you. Let's, let's get stuck in. So I want to start from the very beginning. Um, so did you always know you wanted to have kids or was it something that you sort of grew towards? Yeah, look, I, I think I always saw kids in my future. Um, so when I met my husband, um, I was 20, he was 30, so there's 10 years difference. And I, he wanted kids straight away. And I was like, no, calm down. Um, I want the house. I want a nice car, you know, decent car. I want savings. I want all these things before we even go there. Right. Um, so it was really important for him to get married. He really wanted to get married. It wasn't so, wasn't such a priority for me. I kind of, I'd never really envisioned that, but that's what he wanted. So that's what we did. Um, and then as soon as we got married, which was in 2019, um we we started trying for a family um and we knew that we knew that that's what we both wanted um at that point we had you know I had ticked all the things off my list that I thought was right um you know the the good job the house the car the savings all that um and then we kind of just thought okay next step babies um completely naive and thinking that it was just going to be a smooth sailing process I kind of in my head was like okay I know that some people struggle to conceive so that was kind of what I thought the hurdle might be um being on the pill majority of my life um I thought that was going to be the the struggle um and it did take about six months um however I wasn't worried um at that point um and then when we got the positive pregnancy test I, I remember it so clearly because it was Melbourne um COVID lockdown one of many and yeah, and I was working from home. Um, my husband actually had the day off and it's weird, but my dog, one of my dogs was being really weird around me. Like he'd just gone really sooky and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. So we, we took a pregnancy test, did not think it was going to be positive, had had no idea it was going to be positive, um, would love for it to have been, and I, but I just didn't think it was going to be and it was. Um, so I was shocked, but ecstatic. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was an amazing moment. I, I remember it forever because we were dancing in the in the lounge room like we were so excited. Um, we just didn't have any idea um, that our story was going to turn so heartbreakingly devastating. Um, but look, we got twenty six weeks with our boy, um, and twenty two of them were bliss. So um, yeah, and it's COVID lockdown. Ugh. I don't even know where to begin with that, but you know, in Melbourne, yeah. I, I, we were in, we're in Perth, so yeah. when when all that crazy crap happened in Melbourne, we were just like, well, we're glad we're not there. So I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm totally sorry yeah. because it the was rest awful. of Australia used you guys as, as an example of, wow, that's terrible. Like we're so glad yeah. we're not there. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. Like I look back now and I'm like, how, why, like what the hell happened? But yeah um it was it was pretty awful and I do think it played a negative role in our story in terms of my care oh yeah um yeah and I try not to be resentful about it but I am I am um because I honestly do I don't think it would have changed the outcome in terms of what happened with Chase but I do think uh I would have found answers sooner uh, and we wouldn't have probably got to 26 weeks if if we had have known earlier kind of thing um yeah I mean so all yeah, the, it's a bit of a, I have never spoken about this actually yeah there may have been like a little bit be, like better care like you said like because I mean I went I was yeah. I was pregnant in 2020 as well um and I went to the hospital a couple of times in the height of the pandemic it was empty by the way like 
I've never seen a hospital so empty in my life, except for during a a pandemic. But anyway, so I was in the hospital and it's empty. And I was just like, okay, this is so bizarre. I felt like I was in some weird alternate reality. And um, yeah, you have to go for all this testing before they will even see you. And, you know, I mean, that some of that time is precious time that they could be making sure you're okay. Like, I've had yeah, a few absolutely. Say that, like, in that time where they were being stupid about COVID, you know, they were they were literally like either losing their baby or something terrible way up. Like another terrible thing was happening, like within their body, you know. Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's definitely a hurdle that um, many women have had to face, you know, in in the last few years. So you're not alone in yeah. the about no, it. No. Not at all. And I, I guess the word that I use, it's probably dramatic, but I felt neglected. Honestly, I felt I felt neglected. And I I know that a lot of other people feel the same. And I just, anyway, I don't know. I don't know why we had to add that layer on top of an already, already excruciating time, but we did. So anyway, that's okay. We'll have to just talk about it and hopefully um, heal from it, I suppose. Yeah. So, so, okay. So how did that, how did that play out? Cause you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, we went through all the scans um, like you would in any normal pregnancy, obviously before we found out that he was sick, um, but a husband had to stay in the car and the, in the parking lot, wasn't allowed to in. So it, that was quite sad. And looking back now under the circumstances, you know, Chase never got to come home. It's even more heartbreaking for my husband that he didn't get those moments that every other kind of family do get to have if COVID wasn't involved. Um, So he was stripped from that, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah, so 20-week scan, uh, everything seemed normal. Uh, The sonographer said, look, he's not, baby's not getting into a certain position so that I can get the last bit of scanning that I need to do. Um, It's all good. Come back in a couple of weeks' time and." hopefully we can get it. I was like, cool, we get to see baby again. Great. Like, can't complain. Uh, I had no idea anything was wrong at this point. I think there was now that I look back, but no, but they didn't, they didn't make me feel like that at all. Um, and then so I went back, I was supposed to go back on a, on a 3rd of December, but it was my younger sister's birthday. So I said, well, can I just push it back to the 4th so that I can celebrate my sister's birthday with her? Obviously I didn't know anything was wrong at this point. Um, they said, yeah, no problem. So that was a Friday. I remember it very clearly. It was a Friday afternoon. I was working from home during the day. I said to my husband, um, don't worry about coming. Um, I mean, you can't, can't come in anyway. Um, and everything's fine. It's just one photo. It'll be all right. Anyway, my mum was supposed to be working that day as well, but at last minute she cancelled her appointment and she said, I'm coming with you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. No problem. Thank God she did come with me just as a support person um, because in that scan our lives our lives changed. Um, the sonographer uh, performed, you know, whatever he was doing and then um, they go, I can't remember if it was a blur girl, it was a blur, but they go, oh, look, um, I'm just going to speak to a manager or like a senior and I'll be back. And that's when my heart sank. I was like, oh, my gosh, something's wrong. And then, um, yeah, they came back and they said, um, they kind of blew it off like it was nothing. They're like, oh, look, something's not right with baby, but you're not. You're going to have to go to the hospital to see um, whatever team. Um, but it's Friday, so you're not going to be able to get a hold of them until Monday to make an appointment. 
obviously I'm beside myself. Um, and then their reaction to me being beside myself was, oh, we didn't expect you to get so upset. Yeah. So this was the beginning of the world that I didn't know existed. Um, but I was like, I couldn't even figure out what to say to that because I was like, well, you're telling me that something's wrong with my baby, but you're telling me that I shouldn't be so upset. Uh, anyway, so my mum, thank God, she stepped in and she, she spoke to them for me because I couldn't speak. Um, and you know, she's like, can we get a little bit more clarity around what you think's wrong? Um, because you're sending her home for the weekend and nobody can, nobody's going to help her till Monday. Um, can you let the poor girl out of her misery and give her some indication on what's wrong? Anyway, so they sat down and they said, yeah, see this, 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 and this, this is all wrong. Um, they just completely, they completely, um, yeah, did not care. Anyway, um, so anyway, that weekend I rang my husband, he flew there to be by my side, like literally flew from work. And um, and we sat there on the phone trying to get a hold of somebody or some hospital that could help us. But they, they said the same thing. There's nobody available over the weekend. You're going to have to call on Monday. So that's it was a, a excruciating wait over the weekend. Um, and uh, we don't know how we got through it. It was really, really, really tough. Uh, the Monday came, rang the hospital. Um, they said they'll ring us back, just just completely kind of palming us off. So we actually went to the hospital. We went to two different hospitals and we just t- turned up there, told them the situation, and they kind of just palmed us off. The second hospital, we didn't leave. We weren't like, we're not leaving, but you need to tell us what's happening, give us an appointment or something. They said, look, the best we can do is look, is on Wednesday. And they kind of made it look like, they kind of made it, me feel like that was a favour. Um, so they saw me on the Wednesday, again, excruciating wait. Um, and it kind of just went all downhill from there. They did scans and they said, no, there's, there's significant issues. But at this point we still were hanging on to hope that we still hadn't thought he was going to die. We just thought there was going to be issues, significant issues that we could overcome potentially. Uh, but that wasn't to be. So the next thing that happened is they pulled us into a room, a, a medical, um, a doctor and somebody else. Um, and they said, look, they basically said in in one way, shape, or form that our son wasn't going to make it. They can't tell us why because they don't. They've never seen anything like it before. And um, they gave us a few options on what we can do for testing, uh, but the outcome would be he was not going to live. Um, so they their recommendation in without saying it, they can't they can't actually say it. But one way or another, they were saying that um, they believe that terminating our pregnancy was the best solution for our son because he was not going to make it. So at that point, I didn't even know what that meant. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was, I didn't know what she was, I didn't know what they were saying to me. Like I was just staring at them as I was speaking and and trying to figure out what had actually come out of her mouth because it came out so casually, like it was not a big deal. And then um, I looked at my husband and like in complete shock and we asked them to repeat what they just said because we didn't actually fathom it um and yeah they just said that uh that he wasn't going to make it and they thought that terminating our pregnancy was the um best case scenario to sort of prolong the suffering um, they didn't think he was going to make to full term, and if he did make full term, he would die shortly after birth and suffer potentially um, if he did survive it. So yeah, that was kind of the next avenue, and then the, the next few weeks 
we just had to get more tests done and um, we had to get a board to approve approve our scenario. Like basically a, a board of medical professionals had to review the case and make sure that um, what they were saying was the best way forward for, for him. Uh, and obviously getting that news, you and your partner could potentially be on very different uh, pages, but my husband and I, we were pretty much on the same page. Like we didn't want our boy to suffer. If he had no, if he had no chance and they were adamant that he had no chance, we were on the same page about that. And, um, but the way that they, the doctor said it, they're like, it's not funny at all. I don't know why I'm laughing, but they, the way that they said it was like, they kind of wanted us to come up with a decision right there in that, in that room. And I said, oh, look, this is too much for me. I need to go think about this. I need to bring my mum. Um, I need to talk to my husband. And then she, she was like, go get a coffee and talk about it. Coffee? Are you kidding? You think I can get anything into my digestive system right now? No, it's, I can't take a co- coffee like it's a chit-chat. Um, anyway. And just, then, just um, casually have a conversation about, you know, ending your baby's life. You know, just just right. casual like it's a it's just a pregnancy termination like it sounds so much nicer than oh. the actual like what it is it's like yeah oh no I couldn't believe it and then that was like yeah it just went from there it, awful awful I mean I look the care itself was um okay but under the circumstances but the 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 lack of um empathy that these professionals have because they deal with it obviously all the time is just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. And I, I'd never even heard of what they were telling me was was the best-case scenario. So I, I couldn't understand how they didn't understand that I didn't know what they were talking about. Like, it was like as if that I knew. And I'm like, I don't know what you are saying. Um, and I, asked, I had to ask them. I was like, look, how common is this? Because I've never heard of this. And then they've said, look, put it this way, there's another couple in the room next to you right now that are being given the same news. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know and I was like okay why did I not know about this because I feel I'm a very um I'm gonna say negative kind of person like I'll plan for every worst case scenario right that's just how I am I've always been like that every scenario I've got a plan for it in my mind I did not have a plan for this I didn't even I didn't even consider this you know even when I was told that our boy was sick I still this not was not on the cards for me I just thought that we were going to have a hard time you know but he was going to be okay did not think that I was going to have to end my pregnancy because he was not going to make it, not in a million years. So I guess that's part of my mission is not to scare women or, or, or families or, you know, partners. Not, it's not my, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make them aware, educate them that it's a possibility when you do start or grow your family that things go wrong and you might be faced with a decision like this. Hopefully not. God forbid that that happens, but it, it is possible. Um, because I was so blindsided by this, completely blindsided. And that wasn't a good feeling on top of being given that news. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, and you're right. It, they're very blase about it. Like, I mean, mm. I I um, had a misdiagnosis at one point with um, one of my pregnancies. Um, and they said my, my child had Edward syndrome. And they gave me a sheet that explained what Edward syndrome was. And they just said, yeah, you know, Um you know, come, yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the sheet of paper that explains what this thing is that I've just said that you have no idea what I'm talking about. 
um, go home, you know, and come back in a couple of weeks and we'll do a scan, you know, we'll book you in for an ultrasound. And you're just like, okay. So then I was going home and I was like, okay, well, what is it? And I'm reading this sheet and it's, it's all written in medical terminology. So obviously that's not helpful. So you're reading it and you're just like, I have no idea. Like this is more complicated. This is more confusing. So then you Google. You Google and then you go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so broken. Mm -hmm. I'm so miserable right now. That was my first taste of something horrible with pregnancy. But even then it, because it did turn out to be fine, it didn't wake me up Mm. you know it didn't truly wake me up and I think it's until you go through something I think it's really hard to understand um you know what can happen like losing losing baby it really is a wake-up call and it's one that I don't think anyone can truly understand unless they've actually experienced it you know going through fear is one thing but going through loss is completely different yeah yeah that's right um so yeah yeah it changed me to my very core um yeah when you think you're going to start or grow a family this is not what you envision uh and then adding the the shame and the stigma of you know terminating your pregnancy um for medical reasons is just another ball game um how how was that because I know I know there is a lot of women who say they have a lot of um like guilt and shame over yeah. um, choosing to terminate. Um, yeah. Well, the way the way I see it, though, it wasn't really a choice. Um, I know that that's the lack of better words is to say that it's a choice, but it's not really because regardless, your, your baby's going to die, right? You're, you're giving, you've been given the news that it's either life-limiting or, um, or not compatible with life. So at one point your baby is going to die and it's going to be, it's going to, it's the, they're, they're going to be suffering. So for us, it was a matter of whether we prolong the suffering out of selfishness and hope that, and hope that we get some time with the baby, with our baby, or whether we avoid the suffering altogether, whatever that may look like or for however long that may be, and send him off as graciously as we can, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't gracious, but it was better than the alternative. The way we see it is that it was the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And that's how I've come that's how I've come to some sort of peace about it. And I know it was the right decision, um decision for us because or for our baby, because when it happened, I, I'm the type of person to have to have a conscience about everything. Like if I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, I've got a conscience for it. It eats me alive. Like I, I won't sleep over the simplest things. When I left that hospital that day when we did the termination, I had this wave of, like, it was like a thank you, like it was like a thank you, mum, kind of thing. Like it just come it come across me and I walked to the car. I'm going to get sad. I'm going to cry. I walked to the car and I was like, I know we did the right thing. So that told me everything and that's what I hang on to. I have moments of, of um, guilt. But watching him struggle to breathe or eat, he couldn't. He couldn't swallow. He could. He wasn't able to swallow. So watching him struggle to just to breathe for me and for his dad would have made me feel more guilty. Yeah. So 
that's how I came to the decision. That's how we came to the decision. Um, I know other families will have their own situations and I know that, you know, some people do choose to hang on and that's no judgment there, but whatever, whatever they need to do. But for me, I couldn't, I couldn't um, live with myself if I had have um, brought him into the world out of my own pure, not wanting to let him go and watch him suffer if he was to survive. Yeah. So that's why we did what we did. Um, wish I wish it was different. I, w- I obviously wish that we didn't have that that as our fate, but that that's what it was. And um, yeah, I um I thank him every day for making me a mum. I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed.